Spurs fans, this is the Spurs Way Podcast. I'm your host, Colton Moran. This is my co-host, Zach Monson. Yo. What are we again? Not good. <laughs> We're tied with Portland uh, for the eight seed, both 11 and, a ha- 11 and a half games back. They have one more loss than us, but they also have one more win than us. So if we win our next game, we could jump, take that eighth seed. Uh, but we're just going to have to see it pans out. looks like it's going to be another tight end of the season. January, in my opinion, biggest month in Spurs basketball, maybe over the past 20 years. This is like a mark, like a turning point for our franchise. Do we keep DeMar and LaMarcus? Do we trade one? Do we trade both? What's the deal? This, is, this month is going to kind of give us that insight on what moves we will be making that'll affect the next five years of our franchise trade deadlines February 6th or 7th. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be a tough one. I mean, it's, we have a bunch of big games against good Eastern conference opponents. I mean, we play the bucks and we play the heat twice within the next month, home and away, home and away back to back on both. So that's going to be interesting to see how we fare there. We play the Celtics, we play the Raptors twice. So this is going to be a very Eastern conference schedule the next few weeks. We'll see how we can handle it. Inter, little uh, interconference play. Not used to seeing these guys a lot, but um, as you said, this month is going to be huge. And, and the reason I bring up who we're playing is because we are 13 and 18 right now. And you mentioned the standings, and you mentioned where we are. If they go below 500 this month, I mean, you got to have to do something, right? You can't let. Them, I mean, and then the trade deadlines, what six days into the, the new uh, the new month in February, seven, yeah. the seven days. So we really don't have that much time to even think about it. I mean, you kind of had to. They probably already had talks. I mean, as you said, we are thirteen and eighteen at the moment. It's not. This is the first time we've been under five hundred at this point in Pop's tenure ever. So it, it is a bit strange. It is a bit different. But we're seeing some some positives within the negatives. We're seeing Dejounte grow. He's looked a lot better this past month. He's looked a lot better when he's gotten the starting rollback. Derek, probably our best three level scorer we have in the lane, in the paint, from the mid range, and from the three point line. He's shooting well. So the things that we've been seeing are, are good. Jakob's been playing well. It's just we got to translate into wins. And you're gonna get into something here. One guy we really aren't seeing that we want to see is Lonnie. And it's kind of annoying. I mean, we're not... Like last night, Marco didn't play at all. We we blow out the Pistons. Not saying that that's the reason. But Lonnie comes in, plays 16 minutes, goes 4 for 8 from the field, has 8 points. You know, nothing too crazy, but he had two pretty dope dunks. Got the crowd into it. Not to say that Marco could never do get stuff to get the crowd into it, but it's just... What he brings, he's so explosive, and it's almost scary to see him jump. It makes me nervous every single time. I'm like, oh, my God, don't hurt yourself, please. He he does go a little bit too crazy <laughs> with it. Every time it makes me nervous, too. It's like, because he gets so much lift, and it's at times where, like, there's a body under there. And so you might you might catch one by dunking on him, but we've seen it happen to Lonnie before where he, he misses the dunk because it's just a little bit too outrageous. And he'll make those, too, but... Yeah, if there's a body under there, it it can be a little. It makes me nervous. It can be a little scary because that's that's a guy we want in our future, right? And 
I do want to talk about that. I do want to talk about Lonnie. Um, before I get into like some more negatives, I do want to say some of the positives because like we have improved a lot. Like you were saying, we've we've gotten better. Dejounte has has grown. Um, we've improved our three point percentage from last time we spoke, but we're still last in the league in three point attempts. And if we shot more, we'd probably have a worse percentage. But in my opinion, I think we need to shoot more threes. You know, we saw Lamarcus have a great game from three. Looks like he's expanding his range. Demar was hitting it. Dejounte was hitting it. Lonnie, he's been hitting it. And the thing about Lonnie, um, in the Marco situation, is they let Lonnie shoot threes. They're like asking him to shoot to see if he can, and that may not be the best thing for like our offense. Um, when Lonnie's on the floor, you do need uh, other shooters on the floor as well. So I've actually seen them have Marco and Lonnie out there at the same time. Um, but that's one important thing about Marco people forget. Yes, he's having a bad shooting year so far, um, but he's a vet. He knows where to be. In that Grizzlies game, we saw him drop John Morant. Just nasty. Didn't even have the ball. You'd think John Morant would be the one to drop Ma- Marco, but Marco dropped John Morant. It was dirty. Uh, hit him on a baseline cut to the corner, up faked, got John Morant in the air. He had picked up his dribble, so he passed it off and does a fake back cut baseline, and John Morant just gets sat down. Um, and then he hits the three. And Marco is a vet that he knows how to work the offense. Like He knows how where to be, where to cut. And then even further than that, you know he can shoot. And so it spreads it spreads the floor for us because you know the scouting report, Marco Bellinelli is a shooter. They don't leave him open. They leave Lonnie open. So it makes other people's job a little harder when Lonnie's on the floor. But I think that is negated by, like you said, the passion that he brings from the crowd, especially home court games. Lonnie should play more minutes. Like, the crowd goes absolutely nuts when Lonnie does anything on the floor. It's just like, when he jumps in the air that we get so nervous, it's just breathtaking to watch. Like, he's fucking floating in the air, and you don't know what's going to happen. He has such a good combination of athleticism and finesse. And it's just, it's fun to watch, so of course I want him to play more. But it also gets the crowd into it. And then, to top that off, like, he's a great player. Um... So I did. I wanted to. This the name of this episode is Free Lonnie because we need to free him up. Like this dude is not playing the amount of minutes he deserves, and that's evident. But I went and looked at their draft cast class, the 2018 draft class, and saw and filtered by minutes per game to see where he lied amongst his peers. He was drafted 18th overall, so he should theoretically be playing around that. Uh, amount of minutes is like around the 18th mark but really he's 40 he's down in the 40s um he's getting the same amount of minutes per game as like Kyrie Thomas Vince Edwards Jacob Evans Gary Trent Jerome Robinson like Gary Trent's fire bro like but but for real the people Kostas Antetokounmpo is getting around the same minutes as him um Melvin Frazier, like a lot of these guys y'all don't even know about. Um, where he should be is around like the Devontae Graham, Mitchell Robinson range, uh, Dante DiVincenzo, Zier Smith, Omari Spellman, like Anthony Simmons, those guys. He should be getting minutes up with them, like around the 17, 18 minutes up per game that for their career. Um, so like 25 minutes where I would put Lonnie. And right now he's just – 
Like he's he's getting some did not even plays. Yeah, he's getting some DNPs, but also like when he does play, they're all garbage time minutes. So a lot of his minutes, even when he does get them, are just in games that don't matter anymore. And so it's I don't know. It just is evident to me based off that like compared to his draft class, he's like at the low end uh, second round players, you know, like or like the first early second round draft picks are getting just as much minutes as Lonnie. And he's he's a top 18 draft pick. And he might be even a top 10 talent within the draft class itself. So, I mean, I do get your point. It is annoying. It rubs Spurs fans the wrong way. And even Pop said we're not we're, – I mean, Pop even, like, didn't even budge when they asked him last night about, hey, why isn't Lonnie getting more playing time? He just was like, we're not that's, – that's between me and the team. Media doesn't even need to worry about that stuff. So Pop even was like, whatever. Which, I mean, that's typical Pop. That doesn't surprise me that's, that's the way he answered. But it doesn't make people within the Spurs Twitter world or Spurs fan world happy when they hear him just shun that stuff away. I want to see him out there. You want to see him out there. A lot of people want to see him out there. I, I mean, for the for a right reason. I mean, it's not like Marco is blowing the whole world up and lighting, up, lighting it on fire, you know? Lonnie has a better three-point shooting percentage than, than Marco at the moment. But obviously, Marco's going to put up a lot more. And as you said, they shoot different type of three-point shots. One's always going to be covered. One is sitting within an offense that they're going to slide off him and let him shoot. So I, I see what your point is there. But, I mean, hey, free the man. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I, I kind of see this as a telltale sign that Coach Pop, at least, or the coaching staff isn't committed to the rebuild. Like we're in a rebuild. Like we gotta face the facts, and I feel like when we continue to play these veteran players, when we continue to rely on um, people like Patty, Marco, Demar, Lamarcus, when we're relying on them in crunch time, we're relying on them to get the bulk of our offense, the bulk of our minutes, the bulk of our shots. It just shows that we're committed to trying to win now, and. You know, I'm kind of okay with whatever decision we make. I like how flexible we are because we could fully commit to the rebuild or we could make a try to make a playoff um, run, get like a seventh seed, sixth seed. If we get the Nuggets again in the playoffs, like I'm, 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 I think we could honestly beat the Nuggets first round. But that's later down the road. Like right now, January, we could even if like we're at that playoff bubble, the eighth, ninth seed, like we could be seeing a trade. We could see a different team come February. We could be seeing – we play the Trailblazers February 6th. If things go poorly, we could be playing the Trailblazers against LaMarcus. You know, we could be playing the Trailblazers with LaMarcus um, on a whole other team. And that would – like on February 6th. So, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff that could happen. Um. But, yeah, I just feel like it shows that Pop isn't committed to the rebuild when you're not playing your young talent when um, and you're giving the bulk of the responsibility to the veteran players that aren't part of your future in the five-year plan. Speaking of uh, <clears throat> LaMarcus, he's shooting 40% from the three-point line. Last night he was letting him fly, and uh, it seemed to really help the offense. It, it helped DeMar. Get into the flow. Had Demar throwing a little, having his assists that he was doing last year. Lamarcus is uh, second best three point percentage on the team right yeah, now. Two attempts a game. So I, I mean, honestly, I would love to see him to jump that up to four, maybe five, instead of pick and popping 
from the top of the key, pick and pop to the three-point line like the normal NBA has been going. It spaces the floor out for everybody. He always hits the back of the rim, too. It's not like, yeah, they're not short. He's got enough leg for it. I totally agree with um, – or to- not agree. I just totally like what I saw last night with what he's doing. I mean, if he's going to step out, don't step out and shoot a two. You're shooting 40% from the three-point line right now, and it's something that you've clearly been working on. And it's not like no one is stepping out on you and contesting the shot. You're getting wide open three-point. It's not like your dudes are getting – they're respecting your two-point game enough to where you're getting a wide open three. Shoot it. You're shooting a decent percentage. Bump that up to four shots a game. You're going to help DeMar get into the lane. You're going to help DeJounte get into the lane. Mm-hmm. You're going to help a lot of things with the and, offense. And the same with – Lonnie, what I was saying with Lonnie is similar with Lamarcus. Like they let him shoot. Like he has all day to get set his feet, build his rhythm, and shoot it. And I know he's a rhythm player, so use that time wisely and let it rain. Because like he does need more attempts. He is shooting a high percentage, and they are letting him shoot. And we do need the floor to be spread. That's why Trey Lyles is up there with the most started games. Um, like our most played lineup by over half the games is Lyles at the starting power forward, LaMarcus at the five. Uh, surprisingly, Jakob Pertl has only started like three games. Um, so with LaMarcus out there, like the reason why Trey Lyles is out there is to spread the floor, but he's obviously not like a offensive, like he doesn't command that much attention on the offensive like LaMarcus does. So, yeah, Trey Lyles can shoot and he will spread the floor. But if LaMarcus can hit threes, that'll be make world of a difference for DeMar when he's trying to get to the bucket, um, who's our best slasher. And then DeJounte makes his life easier too. And it'll allow DeJounte and DeMar to be able to kick out to LaMarcus for threes. So it helps our team. But I'm a little nervous. We talked about January being a big month for the Spurs in the past decade maybe even past two decades like this is a turning point for us if we suck we trade these players and we'll commit to the rebuild if we don't and we do well and we end up like the sixth seventh seed in the playoffs um, by the end of this month we could commit and see what we can do this year with DeMar and LaMarcus and is that the best move like it makes me nervous because it's like if we do well I'll be happy because our team is playing better but does that mean that we won't trade and we won't commit to the rebuild? Because we kind of need to, in my opinion. I feel like a lot of the fans are in agreement. Like we need to invest in our young guys, get pieces, and build a team around um, the players we see as our future. DeJounte needs a specific skill set of players to surround him. We don't have that skill set. Are we going to commit and try to go get three-point shooters to make DeJounte's life easier? You know, are we going to – um, trade DeMar or LaMarcus or both. It's like it's such a big time, and it just makes me a little nervous because if we suck and we trade them, that may actually be better than if we do well and don't. Um, the team is just kind of interesting to me. Like I, I wanted to bring this up. LaMarcus is having a career low on offensive rebounds. And we've talked about that on this show multiple times. Like, that's an effort stat. And so, for me, like, LaMarcus, yeah, he's shooting better from three. But I, I just kind of see those as, like, more selfish stats like than offensive rebounds. Offensive rebounds means you're willing to put your body on the line for wins. Three, increasing your three-point percentage means you're working on your game, which is good. Except for we may not benefit that 
here in a few years if LaMarcus isn't on the Spurs. So right now, I want to see the effort. And, you know, I was kind of given the benefit of the doubt when I saw that that he was a career low in offensive rebounds. I was like, hmm, maybe it's because he's playing center now. He's got better rebounders. Maybe it's because he's trying to spread the floor more. And that might be a couple reasons. But then when you just watch the game, you can see it. He just doesn't attack the offensive board, glass like he did before. We saw it in like his first two years with the Spurs. He's at the low end of his career on offensive rebounding. Then Kawhi leaves, and he has like one of his top three best offensive rebounding seasons the year Kawhi was gone, and now he's back to having his worst offensive rebound. It's just kind of like his wishy-washy effort. You don't know if it's going to be there or not. And so I don't want that from my leader. I want my leader to be able to put his body on the line uh, for the team. I agree. I mean, it's something that we've been harping on in LaMarcus for ages. You know, it's not something new. It's not going to be anything that we change topics on. I mean, it's something that we always talk about. Because, I mean, the effort is not there. In some parts of the game, you just seem like, what is LaMarcus doing? Like, what's, what's this guy on? But, I mean, and then he has games where he, like Memphis where he no one can stop him. And he's, like, determined and – and it's just, I guess that's the frustrating part because we know that he could do that consistently, right? Like, that's something that you could do on a regular basis, but you shoot fadeaways over James Harden and stuff like that when you have opportunities. And just, like, find a median, bro, and don't piss – like, just that's all I'm asking. Like, effort is strictly down to what you do. It's not, like, what the other four guys do. That's literally, like, within yourself. And I just – it's like determination, sometimes there, sometimes not with him. But as you said, it's it's an awkward situation that we're in right now, like a super awkward situation. And I totally agree. And I, I think that's something that we should have our own episode on here the next, however the next two weeks go. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, it is awkward. It is weird. We are in a bind. We're caught in between, like, contracts with players that are getting older with a bunch of young players coming in. And how do you want to how do you want to address it? I mean, imagine you sign LaMarcus for three more years, and then you have him blocking Luca, and Luca starts balling out. You know what I'm saying? Like, imagine if you do sign DeMar, sign Demar, and he's blocking Lonnie. You know, so it's just like, I get it. I get that it's like this conversation this, that this it's is weird. This is stuff that the other organizations, front offices have had to deal with <laughs> past few decades, and we've just had it so consistent. We know who our players are going to be. We've re-signed whole rosters before. Like no problem. We've had stars take less money. Those days are over, and now it's it's. I'm just glad I'm not in the front office, <laughs> so I don't have to make these decisions. But it's definitely fun to talk about, and it's interesting. You know, like this is stuff we haven't had to deal with, and that's why you see so many Spurs like fans being haters right now. Is because they grew their whole lives. They grew up with this consistency, no uncertainty. Um, and just winning, and now, now all that is up in the air, and we got to figure it out. And so I kind of like it. I'm enjoying it. Like this is this is fun. Like I obviously don't like losing, but it's a it's a new perspective, and it's really showing who the diehard Spurs fans are. And if you're listening to the show, I know you're rocking with it to the end. If you like drama, this is kind of the time to become a Spurs fan. Yeah, it's like the reality <laughs> Spurs reality TV show right now. But I I do I do kind of want to quote Patty Mills. Because I want to leave it on a good note. Patty Mills, after the shoot-around this morning, he said the feeling in the locker room is that things could click in the gear. 
the club has a sense of hunger and eagerness to get better. And that's, there's been no sense of white flags or giving up. And that's the type of culture I'm looking for, you know, for the next five. We don't want any white flags, no giving up. And that's my whole point with the whole Marcus everything is I want leadership and a contagious culture where winning is everything. Like throw your body on the line, like Yaka Pirtle in the charges against the Rockets game. That's one of my favorite games. Um, definitely my favorite game this year, but in the past five years for the Spurs because the effort was there. Uh, the competitive was there. The crowd was there. And I, I feel like Lonnie just brought that out, and that's why I want to see more Lonnie. It's because I think it's contagious, not only amongst the fans, but amongst the players too. This is the Spurs Bay Podcast. Peace. Peace.